Hi, everyone. Time for another episode of the Friendly Confines alongside Chad Gordon. It's Ryan Lieber here in Chicago. Chad, you're in Southern California. Uh, Good to be with you once again. It was uh, quite a weekend for the Cubs. Not the kind of weekend the Cubs, though, were hoping for. How was your weekend? How you doing, buddy? Yeah, you you don't want to split against a team as as poorly executing as as the Padres. And this could either be a wake-up call that could uh, shoot them forward or this could be a sign of, of bad things. But let's let's connect for a second because you are in Chicago. Um, you had you had your like little uh, father son Wrigley Field moment. Not everybody gets to do that. That's 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 not your first trip there. But how, how fun was that? You know, it's kind of become a tradition in my family a little bit with my dad and I. Uh, I started taking him to games maybe about five, six years ago. I would get tickets once a year, take him to Wrigley. And the ironic part of the whole thing, Chad, believe it or not, is my father is not a sports fan. Yeah. Uh, he really doesn't know anything about any sport, let alone baseball. <laughs> but it's really just an opportunity for him to basically indulge me, yeah. an opportunity for us to spend some time together, make some memories together. And I mean, listen, you, you can understand this better than anybody. Uh, it's just a chance to go to one of the most beautiful places uh, on earth in, in our opinion and see our favorite yeah. team play. And it was just a wonderful day. It was a wonderful day. Cubs won the game five, four on Friday. And, uh, it was, it was just terrific to be able to, uh, to go and, and see everything. Cause since I haven't even had a chance to see everything since all the construction has happened, yeah. all the renovations. So, so it's, it was great. And, uh, obviously wonderful to, to spend some time with my dad. So I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, such a, a special place, and I, I, I freak people out from time to time when they know how many games I go to and, and why, you know, basically just what a, a fan I am. And people will say, you know, that's the, their, their, their complaint about baseball is, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's maybe not as fast-paced or not as exciting. And for me, it, it, baseball to me, yeah, you, the product on the field is the reason we're there, but it's connecting, and it's the opportunity to, to uh, have a long conversation with somebody while, you know, some exciting things are happening. Um, throughout the game, and and that's going to be a nice memory for you guys to cherish. So I'm I'm glad you guys were able to go and uh, and uh, look forward to hearing more about the trip later. Hey, let's dive in. Let's dive into the first inning. I'm going to kick things off, and I'm going to pose a question to you. And this probably for many people won't be a trick question. Who is the MVP of the Chicago Cubs team? Well, for me, it's it's pretty obvious. I think it's Javi Baez, and uh, we're going to talk to George Hoffman from WBBM News Radio in our seventh inning stretch today, and. Uh, ask him if he thinks Javi Baez would be the MVP of the National League. Uh, for me, looking at some of the other you know, players in the league right now, Chad, I think Javi has to be uh, the MVP in the NL. So for me, it's, it's Javi for the Cubs. He's, he's had such an amazing season. He is setting himself apart. And I know we've talked about him on the podcast you know, before, but he is setting himself apart. Um, from from everybody on this roster, doing it, really becoming a five tool player. I mean, he can hit, he can run, he can field. Uh, you know, he, he great defensively. I mean, it's just he is so tremendous and fun to watch as a player. He really is kind of you know the the guy that sets the tone uh, yeah. for this for this team on on the field and day in and day out. And and I, I feel like it's it's got to be him. as nice of a season Ben Zobris is having. For me, it's got to be Javi. I love that you mentioned Ben because that the one of the 
the areas of focus I, I'm thinking about, like most outstanding player without a doubt, Javi Baez. And he has been very versatile, played different positions. Um, when you think he's peaked and he's done everything he can do, he does something to just blow you away on the base pass, um, forcing the issue in some cases offensively this breakout year. Um, but I am going to make a bit of a case that there should be a couple votes thrown Ben Zobris way. And, and if you look at him, he's having a career year this year. Um, batting over 300. He's well over his league average in slugging and, and, and all the other important stats. But what I think from a value standpoint, what Ben has been able to do is nearly play every position. He, he hasn't spot started or caught or anything like that. Um, but he is the versatile piece that this team needs right now with the injuries we've had. And so I'm going to put, I'm just going to say, let's give him an honorable mention on that most valuable player this year. Yeah, I, I think that's safe to say. I, I certainly think that's a fair point. I, I think Zobrist has been great as well. Like you said, he plays the outfield. He can play the infield. Definitely is a clutch hitter. Kind of that veteran leader presence in the locker room as well. Uh, you know, he's a Joe Madden guy. So as far as, you know, he, he, he played under Madden in, in Tampa and obviously played with the Royals. So he certainly has the pedigree to kind of be able to, uh, you know, be that force in the locker room to uh, – to, to, you know, set the tone as well. Yeah. So I, I think that's a very, very fair point. All right, let's move on to the second inning. Cole Hamels made his debut earlier in the week. against The, the savior, the savior Cole Hamels. As, <laughs> as you would say, and Hamels, of course, who isn't having what I would say a great year, but he is pitching or has pitched extremely well at Wrigley Field. The irony of this story is, is his first two starts – first one in Pittsburgh, and then his next one is going to be in Kansas City this week, mm. are both on the road. Yeah. So, Chad, with that, down the stretch, is Cole Hamels the guy that you feel comfortable with going down the stretch with, and he is going to be somebody we can count on for this rotation to have solid innings and be a playoff uh, push performer and potentially in the World Series? Is he that ace guy this team needs? Well, quite simply, I, th- I think he has to be. And and talk about uh, the most unpressure-packed start, you know, for his first start to be spotted, I think, four runs before he even got on the mound in his first uh, first out. We're going to see what it's going to look like um, in Kansas City this week and and see if this is, is where it is. His velocity was up. There is movement on on his, on his fastball. Um, he, without a doubt, has to be the guy that we need. And when I say has to be the guy we need, we need a 3-4 guy. Um, which is not asking a whole bunch, but we need a three, four guy out of Cole Hamels um, to be able to, uh, to make the world series because what we have right now um, it's duct tape and bubble gum right now. And, and too many uh, starters are not um, hitting their marks and, and, uh, and really pitching like um, that this was projected. This has been a very interesting year from the starting pitching rotation. And obviously with the uh, um, not the demise, but the, the absence of you Darvish, this is, this has been a really rough year. So Cole Hamels, we're going to find out this week um, if the first start was a fluke. And you're right. Can't wait to see what it's going to look like at Wrigley Field. Well, at the same token, you know, there wasn't a, a ton of flurry of big-time starting pitchers that were yeah. traded at the trade deadline. Uh, I know Jacob deGrom, we've mentioned this before. You know, he was kind of a guy that if, if he was available, certainly he would have been a prize for any team uh, looking to try and trade him. But at the end of the day – it was names like Hamels, J.A. Happ, potentially a Matt Harvey that, you know, could have been moved. Not guys that are going to jump off the page. I think yeah. of those guys, the Cubs got probably the best one available that I was comfortable with. 
a left-handed pitcher, somebody who has World Series playoff experience. Um, and Hamels is a gamer. I, I mean, certainly I think he is somebody that is definitely, I feel like, going to be rejuvenated. Yeah. Um, and it, it appears as, off, as if after one start, he, he already is a little bit. Yeah. You know, pitched very well against Pittsburgh, knows the National League. Um, so while maybe Cole Hamels isn't one of the top pitchers in baseball, uh, at least not now in his career, uh, I certainly think there's no reason why the Cubs shouldn't have made this move. He's definitely somebody that I think can uh, obviously help down the stretch, especially as shaky as the starting rotation has been. So I like this move for the Cubs. Um, and I think that Hamels is going to prove his worth, um, especially since the Cubs didn't give up much to get him. Absolutely. And, and it's funny, you think about our, our, our offseason before we trip to the third inning. Um, there was this push and there's discussion around uh, Tyson Ross maybe being a target. He has had an absolute terrible year. And I misspoke when I spoke last week about the losers of the, of the, the trade deadline. It had to have been the, the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, they not only did they get rid of uh, some big pieces, they didn't make any, any big moves. They had to get rid of their, their closer, who was just an absolute uh, mess. But they just picked up Tyson Ross. And if that doesn't tell you, they just need a pitcher to eat up innings and just you know, walk their way through this year. I don't know if they've given up or not, but um, I'm glad I'm not in their shoes right now. Let's move on. To the third inning, and uh, Chad, after Sunday's game, the Cubs lose 10-6 to to San Diego, as we mentioned. They split the four-game series, uh, and not the takeaway that we wanted. But in the two games that they did win, uh, bullpen was kind of shaky, and certainly the bullpen has been an issue. And now Brandon Morrow, who's hurt, potentially may not be coming back for quite some time. Um, Are we starting to see – some woes in the bullpen and most notably the closer role, which as of now, Pedro Strope is in that current spot, but is Strope, you think the guy who down the stretch or for potentially the playoffs in the world series, if the Cubs should make it is the guy that the Cubs should go with because right now I'm not sure between him or anybody in middle relief is really equipped to handle the stresses of what that job, uh, you know, has to handle. What's, what's your take on that? It, it's a fair question. Um, and, and so far for me, he looks the part. And, and what I appreciate about, about Pedro is the passion and the energy and the excitement. Um, it, is, it, is, it is a touch, you know, thinking to 2016 with Chapman because he had that energy and there is that that, uh, you know, the drama um, when he would come in because you weren't quite sure what you're going to see. It was usually pretty steady. Um, you know, last year, Wade uh, Davis, he, he just kind of went through the motions and was incredibly effective. And I would say the same thing about Morrow. So for Strope, it's, uh, you know, bring on the excitement and the heart attack of the, of the ninth inning. Um, he, I think he's been very effective. He has an ERA under three. Um, he's striking out batters. Um, and there's very few times he's getting super behind on, on – uh, um, on batters and you can just tell he doesn't have it. So he's always in and around the zone and I appreciate what he brings to the table, his energy level and enthusiasm. I love it. I love it. I, I don't think it's showing up. I know it's not the old school way to, to be, but when, uh, you know, when he makes a, a pivotal key out, he, he is excited as the stands. You know, and I also want to say that this is not just exclusive to the closer role because the middle relief has been shaky at best. Uh, Carl Edwards, not pitching great. Steve Ciszek is up and down from time to time. You know, I mean, they, they go out, they get, you know, Kinsler uh, to try and shore up the pen. 
you know, Randy Rosario is now, you know, back after Brian Dunzing's on the DL. We've seen a lot of movement with this bullpen, but it's just a matter of who does Joe Madden feel comfortable with right now, Chad? Because it doesn't seem like any of these guys, uh, maybe other than Jesse Chavez at this moment, <laughs> is yeah. somebody that Joe Madden can look at and say, I know if I bring this guy in, I'm going to get the outs that I need recorded to move through the, the later innings of a game. Uh, it, it's a shaky proposition right now. And this pitching staff, uh, you know, if it stays as is, I, I don't know how confident I am in, in overall trying to take this team throughout the postseason and, you know, to, to the World Series. And obviously that's the ultimate prize. But if things stay as is, uh, this is not a pitching staff that's, uh, you know, set up to succeed long term, in my opinion. Well, I, I, you know what? You, you, you didn't even mention, mention the secret weapon. And you know who our savior is as it applies to the, 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 the bullpen. It's Tyler Chatwood. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, wouldn't that be something if all of a sudden he comes in and just becomes some, like, sort of Mike Montgomery 2015-16 well, shutdown artist and eats up innings? Wouldn't that be something? I mean, what a redemption story. I have faith in our guys. And, and what if Tyler could be that guy? Yeah, well, and, and again, I, I feel like that he could be a guy that they go to for the long-leaf middle innings. Yeah. Heck, at this point, I mean, if Strope is not able to – uh, consistently, you know, close out games. I mean, without making it really interesting, <laughs> you know, he kind of reminds me of like Fernando Rodney. I, I'm not opposed yeah. to trying, I, you know, and I know this may sound crazy when I say it, but I may not be opposed to having Chatwood potentially close out a game. Well, uh, I don't think it's out of the question. Um, if, if we're not seeing the results that we want to see from Strope either. I'm not, I'm not going to go that far. I think Strope is going to be our guy, and we're going to ride that. I still have hope for the future that C.J. Edwards, that Carl's going to be the guy. Um, but, you know, one name we haven't talked about, and let's give a lot of kudos to, to Theo, and we could probably dive into the reasons and some of the, the, the backstory around his uh, um, addition to, the, uh, to the, the team. But Brandon Kensler, he has been uh, just about nearly flawless. Uh, he's been in there uh, three times. He's had two holds uh, so far since he started and hasn't give, given up a run. Um, so he's been a solid addition. Um, and and for me, uh, even though he's not a strikeout guy, he induces a lot of soft contact. And uh, he's a great addition along, and you, you mentioned uh, uh, Chavez as well. So let's, let's see how things progress. Uh, but, man, if, if, uh, if the, the starting pitchers continue – to give up these runs in mass, um, it's, it puts a tremendous amount of pressure on that bullpen. Let's move to the fourth inning now. Now, a couple of weeks ago, when the Cubs were on Sunday Night Baseball, Alex Rodriguez, former New York Yankee, uh, certainly you know considered one of the greatest baseball players of all time. However, not without his own controversy, uh, saw you Darvish in the Cubs dugout, kind of sitting around, and you know, basically said that he felt like with Darvish, kind of just. Yeah. hanging around the dugout, which I don't even know what or how this would even enter someone's mind. He feels like he would be a distraction because he's not really doing anything other than sitting in the dugout. And the players feel like if he's going to rehab, he should be away from the team yeah. to try and better himself as opposed to hanging around the players. I, I can't even begin to understand why A-Rod would say something like that. And not only that, I also feel like Alex Rodriguez, especially with the history that he has had in his career, uh, would be the last person that should be criticizing somebody for a, being a distraction, yeah. considering all this guy was 
uh, in the years that he admitted to steroid use, was suspended by Major League Baseball at one point, and then appealed it, was an absolute distraction to the New York Yankees and what he did to that franchise over the course of a year and a half. Um, so I found it extremely hypocritical. What was your take it, on it, what A-Rod said about Hugh Darvish? It's, it's interesting because, you know, when you listen to that, you're thinking, oh, A-Rod's going to shoot his shot here, right? He's going to say, you know, come up with the scoop. He's going to say something that is provocative, a bit inflammatory. It didn't really have that feel anywhere outside of Chicago. In Chicago, it was, it was quite an uproar. So you have to understand. So there's two thoughts here. One, the motivation of this. If he made this up, um, talk about ruining your, your, uh, you know, your, your name um, with a fan base, but then also more importantly, ruin your name in a, in a, in a, in a dugout and in a clubhouse. So when I say it's interesting, what I will share is, is there something to this? Is there grumblings on the inside and a ride um, shared something that was shared in confidence that he shouldn't have done? Um, which, which brings us to what we said before about, uh, uh, about Kinsler coming over there, there's, you know, rumors, share, you know, saying that, that the nationals dumped him because he had shared some things out of turn about the clubhouse. So my, my concern and worry is, is there might be some truth to that. Um, and so it's one of those things. It's like, it, you know, protecting um, the sanctity of the clubhouse and not saying what you're supposed to say. Um, you know, a rod again, he shot a shot and, and uh, he may um, be punished for that by the Cubs clubhouse. But my concern is, you know, is you Darvish, um, you know, is, is, is he a beloved fi- figure of this, uh, of, of this team, or is this something that is actually a bit of a cancer right now? And, and until he starts being a part of this, uh, it's a problem. Yeah. I, I think that's an excellent point you just made because I am sure there are people in that clubhouse right now that look at the contract you Darvish signed and see a guy who has done absolutely nothing this year could potentially not even pitch another game this season um which i personally don't think he should but you know that's another another uh, debate for another day but yeah i mean i'm sure there's guys in that clubhouse that are annoyed by what this guy has done so far in a cubs uniform basically he's been called soft by some people saying that you know he certainly doesn't show that tenacity that a starting pitcher should show to be awarded that sort of contract So I would obviously think that behind the scenes, there are some players that may think that this is a guy that was a waste of money and a waste of a contract. And that remains to be seen because, you know, certainly we're hoping he can bounce back and and obviously outperform his contract in a few, you know, the years uh, coming up. But uh, I, I don't know if necessarily the distraction is him being in the dugout so much as it's maybe... Uh, reverberating from the overall season that he's having um, and, and just the frustration, I think from the other players, that would probably be what, what I would say is, is ultimately what is making this story uh, what it is. Yeah. Very, very good point. Let's move on because it's very related. Let's move on to the fifth inning. So let's talk about the pitching rotation, very specifically the tail end of that pitching rotation. So the guy that the, the first man up that, uh, that stepped up in, the absence of you Darvish is Mike Montgomery and he has uh, by all intents and purposes, he has filled the role admirably. However, um, the last couple of starts, you could tell 
Um, is he getting tired? He just doesn't have the same um, the same stamina and staying power. Which, with a, a Joe Madden run pitching staff, you typically want to you know uh, uh, ramp up to more innings. Whereas Mike looks like maybe things are slowing down a bit. So, what say you about Mike Montgomery? Are you comfortable if he's our number five the rest of the way? Yeah, uh, not really. But I don't think the Cubs really have much of a choice in this spot. Montgomery, listen, he is probably done anything and everything this organization has asked of him he's you know started he's gone long relief he's closed out games I mean you know nobody will ever forget the man was the guy on the mound for game seven of the world series that you know in 2016 getting that last out so I mean Mike Montgomery has done everything that this team has ever asked of him but he is not a you know big time pitcher i i mean he's not a guy listen i i guess he's a number five starter in today's major leagues and i guess if that's what you are looking at uh long term for somebody who could be a number five i just think he's a a little bit inconsistent i don't think he's somebody that on a day-to-day basis when you give him the ball you know you figure he's going to give you five innings tops maybe give up three four runs and you're going to have to really make sure your offense comes to play so I would like to see if maybe the Cubs could potentially go out and get one more starter. It doesn't have to be anybody big time, but maybe somebody who is more equipped to be a starter who has been a starter, at least on a regular basis uh, than Mike Montgomery. Now that, you know, we'll see if that happens, but that would be what I would like to see happen. Um, What about you? Do you, are you okay with this right now? I think um, I look at this and I, it's not on paper. It's not. Um, I look at this as kind of a Mike Montgomery contract year. You know, Mike wants to be a starter. So ultimately this is his dream. Um, and this is where he sees himself. And so he's out there trying to prove it on a daily basis. Um, would he, if he was a free agent going into this year, be a desirable pickup for somebody at the back end of their order, like a, a Tyler Chadwood? I, I really do think so. Um, but for the purposes of, of this year, my best hope, the, the thing that I think makes the most sense and, and could possibly be um, what happens is we get, we get Mike Montgomery for the next, the balance of August, and then the savior, uh, Hugh Darvish, comes in um, well-rested um, and is able to throw lights out to, to finish out the year with a fresh arm um, and hopefully without any pain. So that is what I think is the best-case scenario. We've got another year left. Um, with Mike, he could be an off-season trade target to pick up some other pieces if we want to add to the offense. But for me, when I look at what Mike's done, I think it's 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 done more than than uh, had hoped. Um, and for him, where we where the team is right now, um, it's a good opportunity here after a couple more starts uh, to transition to the big guy, um, you Darvish. Sixth inning now, and uh, I think it's a, a fair question to ask, uh, Chad. Joe Madden, who has won Manager of the Year award twice, once with Tampa Bay and, of course, with the Cubs. Uh, this year, with all of the injuries, with all of the inconsistencies we have seen this year uh, from the Chicago Cubs, they still stand a game ahead uh, going into this week ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers. So the question is easily a very fair one to ask. In your opinion, is this the best managerial job you have ever seen from Joe Madden? You know, 
I, I can't say the best that, that, that he's ever had. Is it the best that I've seen? No, because ultimately, even though many old people will say, despite his, uh, his efforts, you know, we, uh, the team won the 2016 world series. So that's going to be his, you know, that's going to be the measure, uh, of, of an all of the ultimate, um, but 2015 will always be for me, his, um, greatest showing as a Cubs manager because they they arrived uh, earlier on the scene and that seems to be a, a, a seems to be a theme for a lot of teams who you know they, they their window opens a little sooner but the the Cubs window was not supposed to open in 2015 and there they are battling it out and granted ran out of gas but uh, the NLCS in 2015 so for me that's the one where he, I think he did the the most amazing job right now this year with everything that he's focused on and everything that he's challenged with, um, with the injuries and, and um, you know, having to use bubble gum on the, on the starting rotation and, and the bullpen um, and losing your, your, not only your, your, uh, your team MVP, but uh, base point of baseball's greatest players and Chris Bryant. I think he's done a fabulous job, but um we're going to judge him on what, how great of a manager he is based upon the next six to seven weeks. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right about that. And for me right now, you know, listen, it's easy to always sit here and say, oh, he is doing his best managerial job now. Because I think people forget that 2008 Tampa Bay Rays team, yeah. nobody really gave them much of a shot. He took them all the way to the World Series. They won the AL pennant. Um, you mentioned the 2015 team. But I got to tell you, I mean, aside, I, I mean, listen, look, looking at the, the teams in baseball right now and, and trying to figure out who could potentially win NL manager of the year, he's, he's right in the conversation, right? Gabe Kapler maybe is like your right now the front runner, I would say, maybe. Uh, but then, you know, the Philadelphia Phillies. But then after that, you know, I got to think Madden is – is in that conversation, and I, I, I think he's done such a terrific job. I probably doubt sports writers will acknowledge him only because people feel like the Cubs should be in the position they're in, but probably not taking into account, again, all the injuries, all the inconsistencies. I, this team, to a degree, with all the things he's had to deal with, it almost reminds me of everything Dave Roberts had to deal with. Uh, last year for the Dodgers, Kershaw going down. They had a ton of their injuries for their offensive players last year, kind of a little bit like this year with the Dodgers. Only I felt like Roberts and the Dodgers overcame so much um, last year when Kershaw went on the DL. They actually played better uh, last year. And, and so it, it kind of reminds me of that with this team. And and Roberts won the, the manager of the year award last year. So I, I think for my money, Madden definitely deserves uh NL manager of the year, but again, he won't win it. Yeah. I, you know, if, if I were, if I were to throw out a dark horse based upon where we are right now and the surprises that I'm seeing in the national league, um, Tori Lavolo from the, the Diamondbacks, and I probably butchered his last name. I think, you know, if they can hold on and somehow beat that juggernaut, that is the, is uh, LA in the division, which they're at this point of this taping, they're leading the way. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of looks there, but you know, the interesting thing about Joe Madden is you do know he's a part of this team. You do know he has his hand on a lot of, uh, of sometimes fan infuriating uh, of decisions. But you know what? Um, three straight NLCSs for the Chicago Cubs. That can't be questioned. We are pleased to have on the line somebody who has been in the Chicago sports scene for over 40 years. He's also a 
Southern Illinois Saluki graduate. Uh, of course, I'm talking about George Offman, sports reporter extraordinaire from WBBM News Radio 780. George, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Ryan and Chad. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. Pleasure to be here. And I was just at the Friendly Well, that Confines makes two of yesterday. us because uh, I was actually at the game myself and I was very impressed. It was my first time at Wrigley this year. I was happy I got to see a win. And uh, let's start there because the star of the game, George, was easily Javi Baez. He's been the star of this team all season long. If you were able to vote for the MVP this year in the National League, does Javi Baez get your vote? He's right in the team photo. Uh, and, and there's the extra that he adds. He's fun watching. There are very few players in major that you would say, I would pay to watch play. He's one of them. You have no idea what you're going to get except entertainment. He's a daring baseball player whom Joe Madden says plays by instinct and is at the highest level mentally. And he said yesterday post-game, I'm never going to mess with some guy's head who's a guy that plays by instinct. He does. Seems like everything he does works from a slide to a gamble at third base on a triple that wound up, by the way, when he scored the winning run. Uh, he hits big homers. He's a clutch player. Uh, he's going to wind up with 30 and 100 this year. He steals bases. He's really a lot of fun to watch, and he's certainly right now, up there among George, the I noticed candidates. yesterday that, you know, the Cubs have been putting, you know, Bodie at third base, uh, sometimes Addison or Javi at short, and then they'll put Zobrist at second. My, my question is this. I mean, you've obviously seen them play a lot more than me, and maybe this is more for defensive reasons, but with the Cubs lineup of having Zobris and Javi, a, you know, around the horn with Rizzo and then start a regular outfield of Amora, Schwerber, and Hayward with Bryant out, do you think that that would maybe be a better lineup for them than what they're currently putting out there with Bodie at third and sometimes kind of switching up with, Zobrist in the outfield and then, you know, switching up at second base. What's your takeaway on that? Well, Joe has played this now for his entire career. He, he changes the lineups because he wants to make sure that everybody has a chance to play, but it's much more than that. Um, he's looking at uh, every aspect of who's pitching, uh, who hits uh, best in that position that's why Ian Happ gets to play, even though Ian Happ made a kind of bad play in the left field because he's really not a very good left fielder, but he can hit. And so he wants these guys to be fresh and to play all the time. I have no problem. A lot of people have a problem with his lineup. He does not play a set lineup. He's never going to play a set lineup. That's not him. That's why he's got Anthony Rizzo leading off, and people wondered, why do you have him leading off? Well, since he's been leading off, his batting average has risen 27 points. Um, and obviously, he's, that's going to eventually have to change with Chris Bryant out. So, you know, I don't know. He's not going to – you could determine, you know, maybe he should do this and this. He's going to keep doing exactly what he's doing. It isn't so much what he's doing as it is a lack of the players that are doing it for him. You've had a very inconsistent scoring team, even though it was one of the highest scoring teams in the National League, because – they could be limited to one or two runs one game, score 9, 10, or 11. I think they've got the most double-digit scoring. So they have been a kind of a fractious team when it comes to the way they produce runs. But as far as changing his line, 
changes lined up every day. All you want, he is going to continually change the lineup. Now, this week, Cole Hamels uh, got to make his start, first one for the Cubs. Uh, pitched brilliantly in Pittsburgh. Did a great job. Cubs won the game. Uh, Hamels comes over from the Texas Rangers, obviously longtime Philadelphia Phillies pitcher. Um, is is this the guy who you think is going to be a difference maker for this team down the stretch? But more importantly, with the playoff experience and the World Series experience that he has, you know, how, how much of an impact does that uh, help this team down the stretch? That remains to be seen. He pitched an okay game the other day. Um, you know, he managed to get five innings. I think you'd like to see him do more than that. He struck out nine. But Cole Hamels is at the tip end of his career. And I think if you can get six innings from him and he can keep you in the ball game, that's a bonus. This is not Justin Verlander. This is Cole Hamels at his age, uh, whom they're banking will be a much better pitcher away from Texas, where the differential between his ERA at home and road, I think, is the highest in 100 years. Uh, but remember, you know, they felt that way about Tyler Chadwood, whose ERA away from Colorado was dramatically different. It was like six something to two something. And obviously that hasn't worked out. Um, I think what they need is what they saw yesterday in Jose Quintana. They need a lot more of that. And they need something like that from Kyle Hendricks, who the other day gave up two runs, then retired 17 straight. The problem with that is they haven't been that way all year. And when you haven't been that way all year, I don't know what's going to change all of a sudden that these guys are just going to suddenly be consistent. That's the big problem that this manager has faced. He's had yeah, hundred percent. No, you, you nailed it, especially between, like you said, Quintana and Hendricks. And of course, Darvish being hurt this year. Uh, it, it's, it's certainly been aside from Lester uh, been a very. And he's thrown Tyler, you know, he's, yep. he's thrown Chantwood in the bullpen because he had nothing else to do with the night in a nine, two game. He still walked to better and gave up a hit. You know, so that you had to, you had to put him out there in order to get Cole Hamels in the rotation. But the issue then becomes, what do you do with Mike Montgomery? Who's tiring? He's tiring. He gave up a whole bunch of hits the other day. You know, they have to hope that you Darvish is able to give them something. I'm not sure what they're going to get from him, but they, they've got to, kind of cross their fingers that at least he becomes a bonus baby for them. We're talking to longtime sports reporter and anchor George Hoffman with WBBM News Radio 780 here on the Friendly Confines here in the seventh inning. Uh, of course, uh, the big story for the season as well, George, has been the injury to Chris Bryant. Now, the Cubs right now have just basically said it's a shoulder injury, but I think you know as well as anybody, and I'm sure the media is, is probably skeptical, wondering well, what – and how damaging is this shoulder injury? I mean, it's got to think. You got to think at some point, people are starting to wonder: Is this worse than what people are making it out to be? Um, are people talking about that right now, wondering if Brian is even going to return for the rest of the regular season at this point? He said he'll return a thousand percent. I was told a week ago, don't expect him back till September. He's got a shoulder issue that's probably a little worse than the Cubs are leading on. He needs rest. This is a shoulder injury that caused him to miss 16 games already. But he came. Same. Um, very damaging when you're losing a player who was an MVP a couple of years ago, whose even numbers last year were down in the home runs and RBI total, albeit you know he was still very solid in all the other departments. 
when you lose a player like that in your lineup, it's going to affect you. I mean, it's a good thing to have a David Bodie around who's done a nice job for them, and that's really been a plus. But just the very his very presence in the lineup. However, when he comes back, there might be pitchers out there who are going to basically say, we're facing a Chris Bryant who has no power. And that's going to be really interesting to see down the stretch is when he returns, whether or not he can hit for power. Because that also All right, final question, well. George. Uh, you, you kind of touched on this a little bit. It's the bullpen. Um, obviously, we saw that, you know, Brandon Morrow, He's on the DL right now. Uh, he's, he's making progress. It seems like he's going to be coming off it pretty soon. But I was at that game yesterday, and I'm sure like everybody else, uh, wondering if there was anybody in that bullpen that could, you know, shut down this team. Pedro Strope certainly made it interesting. Uh, I know the Cubs have tried to shore up that bullpen. They made the trade for Kinsler at the deadline. But is this a bullpen that you think still can – you know, hold it together when it counts. Um, are, are you confident in what this bullpen can do down the stretch? Only if it's healthy and Morrow is the key to that. And unfortunately, Morrow has had a history of injuries and he's got another. And if, you know, when he comes back, can he stay healthy? I was kind of surprised that Kinsler did not uh, start the ninth, but I think this was a case of Joe needing to get Strope in there because he hadn't been in there in a while. So you now have insurance policies. Cole Hamels is here as an insurance policy. Brandon Kinsler is here as an insurance policy, which is fine. If Morrow comes back, you now have several people you can turn to as possible closers. But it has been a real struggle for this manager because he has had to use the bullpen over and over again because his starting staff hasn't been consistent and I'm, I, I'm sure that Joe Madden would love to see, at the very least, six-plus innings from his starters so he doesn't have to eat up the bullpen. That said, he also needs healthy players. You know, can the Cubs be a legitimate threat, uh, you know, for the National League pennant? The answer is yes. However, they're going to have to be more consistent, and they're going to have to be a healthier team in the last two months. So far, the first four months have not shown that, even though they still possess the best record in the league. George Hoffman, WBBM News Radio 780, been covering the Chicago sports scene for over 40 years, also a Southern Illinois University graduate, which is obviously the most important thing. Uh, George, can't thank you enough for joining us. It's so great to hear your voice, and uh, hopefully we can talk down the line. I appreciate you joining us on the Friendly Confines. My pleasure, right anytime. Time for the eighth inning here on the Friendly Confines alongside Chad Gordon. It's Ryan Lever. All right, Chad, we talked about it with George Hoffman uh, just moments ago. Chris Bryant, he's been on the DL since July, nursing that shoulder injury. The Cubs have really not been very detailed about what the shoulder injury actually is. Uh, George seems to think that it's worse than what it appears to be. I kind of am in the same boat. I think it's only obvious at this point that Clearly, there is something wrong with Chris Bryant that is causing him not uh, to be able to get out on the fields on a, on a regular basis. And not only that, diminish his power. So uh, how big of an impact is this going to be if Bryant cannot get back his power and get back onto the field? I know Theo Epstein was, clo- uh, was quoted as saying that he's, he feels optimistic that Bryant's very close to getting back. But, uh, you know, there's a part of me that, just things and I have you know nothing to go on other than a gut 
that feels like Chris Bryant might need offseason surgery for something like this because if it's a shoulder, um, I don't know if it's a tear or a pinched nerve or something, but clearly it, it's not good if he has been out this long and it's uh, obviously caused him not to be the same player that he's been in years past. Yeah, the, you know, the key words on every report from the Cubs, you know, because here's the thing. The reason we don't know is because the team and, and just like George shared, you know, we know what the team allows us to know. Um, the thing that concerns me most is the, 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 the quote, there is no set timetable for his return to the lineup. And I will say, so let's talk good news for a second, because the pessimistic doomsday Cubs fans have been, um, you know, you know, very up in arms, the sky is falling. The National League's best record at this point in the season, and and people have had a chance to step up and and play their role and, and be strong. So what the Cubs have been able to do without has been amazing. But this is a potential season killer um, as this plays out. If Chris Bryant does not have a role in September, does not have a role as the Cubs venture into October, I don't know how far this team can go. Um, and as George mentioned, you know, without his, if he does come back and he doesn't have that power stroke, well, a third baseman without a power stroke is not something you want. Uh, you know, the beauty of all of this is a gentleman by the name of Dave Bodie, and he, Bodie's up there, and he's he's he could be the guy that that, that could um, replace this if as long as he can maintain um, his production throughout the end of the year. Um, so there, the good news is it's somebody was waiting in the wings that could pick up some of his production, but no Chris Bryant on this team and still the best record. Um, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. And, you know, I still maintain, and, you know, I, I talked about this with George and I know he kind of mentioned it really has to do a lot more with defensive matchups and George and uh, Joe, like, uh, in, you know, liking the mix and matching of, of his lineup. But I, I still think, Moving Javi to third with Addison at short, Zobris becoming the everyday second baseman, obviously Rizzo, and then an outfield every day of Schwarber, Elmora, and Hayward, I think is your most productive lineup with Brian on the DL. Um, Because I I think you're at least getting those bats for, you know, times at the plate every day as opposed to just continuing to kind of, maybe bring in a Bodie one day or Zobrist is out of the lineup or yeah. maybe he's, you know, in the outfield. But again, you know, listen, so far the way that things have been working out, they have been working. Um, but yeah, I mean, not having Chris in the lineup on a regular basis. Listen, this is a guy who's an all-star. He's an MVP. Uh, he's certainly, you know, one of the top hitters in baseball. So anytime, regardless of the fact that the Cubs are still scoring runs at a, at a pretty solid pace, not having Chris Bryant in your lineup is, 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 is tough. It, it's, and, it, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's just hard. It's just tough. I mean, go ahead. I, I, it, I, I just think it, you're to your point, it, not having Chris Bryant down the stretch and possibly not in the postseason. Um, yeah. I don't like the Cubs chances. I, I yeah. really don't. He, he needs to be in the lineup in the playoffs. Right. what I appreciate um, and push back on a little bit um, with even with, with our guest, our, our conductor is, is when has Madden never had a set lineup? So I love the flexibility right now of having Bodie be able to come in and Baez to be able to go over on the corner and Zobers to come in when he wants, you know, the most glaring statistics, if you like the, the more, you know, analytical, if you like the more advanced statistics is war wins above replacement and, 
And what's amazing in Bodie's short time, he's already at a one war. So one, um, Chris Bryan is only at a one five and he's played 70 some games and Zobris, who I talked before is kind of a sleeper MVP is uh, has a, a war is about average with, with Bryant right now. So for a down year to be where we are very thankful um, for what the Cubs have been able to do. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, there have been teams in the past where somebody came on um, and shocked the world and, and, and stepped up in the postseason. And who knows? Maybe David Bode is going to be the guy that is going to make us forget about Chris Bryant for the time being. But this team and this window that we have, a not healthy Chris Bryant, is a, that, is, that's, that is a horrible future. It was a different time and obviously a different place with uh, the baseball world. But the best example I can use of something like this, of a team that didn't have their star players and went on to win the World Series, the 1988 L.A. Dodgers, I think, is a great example. Yeah. Um, but that was a different makeup of a team altogether. So yeah. uh, it, it's a very rare uh, time for that to happen and uh certainly but it's not a it's not out of the question I wait guess. a second now are you are you saying and uh, we keep we keep brian on the roster and in true kirk gibson fashion uh, uh chris has an opportunity to come in and limp up to the there i drag his left arm or right shoulder or whatever up to the plate and and win a big one in the world series Absolutely. Is that, is that, you're, you're, are you making the call right now that we're going to get a kirk gibson moment from chris brian i think it would set up for the perfect uh, Kirk Gibson moment if uh, the opportunity arose. For sure, I love right it. Now. I love it. I, hey, let's move on. Let's year. let's move on to the ninth inning. And so um, we are now officially well into August, and uh, we have quite an interesting week ahead. Um, what are you looking forward to? What does this next week um, mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I said this last week, and I said that they really got to capitalize on the teams that they should beat. And I think they really missed out on a big opportunity, uh, not, you know, taking at least three of the four from San Diego or potentially sweeping them. They got Kansas city this week. It's a little interleague play in Kansas city. The Royals are, you know, arguably the worst team in the American league. Um, you know, they sit at 34 and 77 right now. Uh, there is no reason why the Cubs should not be able to go in there and, and at least win two or three. They have to because they're going to go and play Washington later this week. And while the Nationals have struggled, they have gotten to start to kind of, at least right now, they won seven out of the last ten games. It seems like the Nats have maybe started to figure things out a little bit. And, and regardless of what the Nats' record is, you know as well as I do, this is a dangerous team with a lot of dangerous bats and, and certainly solid pitching. They still have the best pitcher, uh, in my mind, in the National League and Max Scherzer. They still have some of the best hitters in the game. Even though, you know, Bryce Harper is not having a good year, obviously he's still one of the top players in Major League Baseball. So, you know, there, there's guys on this team that I, I think are dangerous, and I think that, uh, you know, you got a guy in Davey Martinez who knows the Cubs inside and out. So, Again, these are the series that I, I worry about because it doesn't seem like, you know, that the Cubs right now are in a good place where they're playing on a consistent level. And yeah. uh, they really got to take advantage of Kansas City to start with because these are the games they have to win. Yeah, you go back in time. I mean, you mentioned about uh, how the, the, the Royals are one of the worst teams in baseball. They're just an absolute horrible record. The worst team in the National League. San Diego Padres. And so if you were to look back and say, you know what, I need a gift of gifts uh, to get this team set 
um, and, and really, you know, get some momentum going, you'd say, what an amazing opportunity. You've got the Padres and the Royals back to back in seven games. So yes, splitting at home against the Padres, not a great way to end this past week, but um, if they can right the ship in, in Kansas city um, and then prepare for what is probably going to be a, a, an energizing and energetic uh, uh, series uh, at home against Washington. This is, this is a big, big six game set this week. Um, and guess who we have right after that, the Milwaukee Brewers. And so this is an important week, um, keeping everyone healthy, seeing what's going to happen. If is Chris Bryant going to walk through this door, is you Darvish going to have another bullpen session or whatever you want to call it, where it's painless and he starts to feel his, uh, um, his motivation and excitement is our is pitching going to uh, um, get more on track or going to eat more, more innings up. These are the things I'm looking for in the next seven days. Well, that is going to do it on this edition of the friendly confines. Always appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen to us. And of course, if you have questions, if you have comments, you can go to the friendly confines, Facebook page where we post all our podcasts and you can ask us a question. If you'd like us to read it in our next episode we're always welcoming your ideas and your feedback uh but that is going to do it for this episode for chad this is ryan have a great week everybody we'll talk to you next time see you at the ballpark everybody don't let anyone say that it's just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a field The first time you walk into Wrigley